Thought Leaders, a closer look for the curious. Good day, everybody. My name is Valerie McTaggart, and I'm a lecturer here in the Institute of Technology in Sligo. This morning, I'm going to be joined by a career coach who is based in the United States, and he's going to speak to us a little bit about the work he's done and what has led him to his journey in career coaching. So I'm going to introduce you to Colin Burke. Good morning, Colin. Morning, Valerie. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, Colm, well, first of all, thank you for getting up so early this morning. I know it's very early in the morning there in the United States. So, Colm, just to speak to the leader, uh, listeners about what you do and where, where you started and what led you to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose where my journey started, I would go all the way back to um, doing my undergraduate education in Dublin City University. There I undertook a bachelor's degree in education and training. And during that time, I was competing as an athlete for the university's team. During that program, I got a lot of exposure to practical teaching methodologies, instructional design, um, various other things that kind of sparked, I would say, the curiosity in me to apply, I would say, some part of my personality to helping other people grow. And during that time, I was also coaching youth athletes um, in athletics whilst training myself. So I always enjoyed that. I felt like it was very um, natural to me and, and one in which didn't feel like work at all. So that kind of led me to want to go down some route in social science or teaching. And as I got the opportunity to come over here to the US and continue my athletics, decided to do my master's in psychology. During that program, I got more... I would say exposure to individual testing, uh, looking at human behavior and working in a one-to-one -one setting in, um, from a psychology standpoint. So that was really interesting to me and something that I got uh, firsthand experience doing through some really good electives. Coming towards the end of the journey, as I kind of felt like I was wrapping up um, my college career, wanted to go into some sort of full-time work that encompassed a lot of what I enjoyed from both experiences in education. And uh, I also wanted to continue my training as an athlete here. So an opportunity came up within the university um, with some relationships that I had built uh, in the career center. I was a student looking to avail of their services and they had informed me about an opening, said that I would be a perfect fit uh, with what that required. And so I was lucky enough where I was accepted and you know that was two years ago and now since that time uh, the job has looked a lot different to what it did when I started in the beginning but I'm really enjoying it growing every day and uh, yeah looking forward to seeing where it goes in the future. And how has the job, job evolved in the last two years was that prompted by the pandemic column? Um, I would say partially yes uh, I would I would begin by kind of describing the fact that since I began working one-to-one -one with students, I know I know my my objectives more than I did in the beginning. And what I mean by that is student engagement is first and foremost what my role uh, comprises of. So uh, my goal is to establish relationships with faculty and set up unique ways for students to develop from their career standpoint. So this can be anywhere from the first year in college to the end. And so in the beginning, I was transitioning into a role where some th pieces weren't in place and I've just added more to it, I think. And that's to be quite frank about it. And so 
that's great. We've we offer more services than we did two years ago. Um, we integrate, you know, different career development type practices within the classroom with different faculty, uh, like group interviews, like LinkedIn profile reviews, like CV reviews. So I work with a, an array of students a lot. I would say covering a, a lot more demographics than we did in the beginning. Um, I want to ensure that students can see we have something to offer them, no matter their situation. So, you know, that grad school population wouldn't have availed of our services in the past because we didn't do CV reviews, you know. So in 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 the US, a resume and a CV are completely different things. Um, they have a specific application. So we're just trying to identify gaps in where we don't serve that student to the best of our ability and try try move forward with something that does does satisfy that. Regards to COVID, I would say so. Uh, we offer everything now, both face-to-face -face and virtually, as we step out of the COVID transition. Um, so that certainly changed how we can not only offer things, but last week we were able to kind of have some of alum, alum, alumni of the university speak to our students virtually about their experiences at ULM, um, job searching as international students, which is a quite a tricky um, kind of route to go down. I was very fortunate in my own uh, path, but for some, it's it's a very tedious and very lengthy. So we're we're trying to extend our our reach to our alumni that are based in different parts of the world, different parts of the country. So the good thing is the the virtual um, transition has allowed us to be a lot more flexible and think outside the box to what we can do uh, versus before we would have opted to do everything on campus with local people and now it's it's a lot more feasible for us to bring expertise that have you know found themselves all across the world to our students in innovative ways so a lot of changes through covid but i would say also just finding my way and understanding what my role is here is has just changed gradually over two years and getting more involved with student affairs as well we've undergone leadership change there so i'm kind of part of a professional development group on campus with our senior members of staff and, and also young and up and coming ones too. So I've been entrusted to to lead some initiatives and, and things like that. So you know when I got in in the beginning, I was I was the young Irish guy that works on campus and now it's it's a little bit different, I would say. Uh, my presence is a little bit more established and it's and it's made some for some variety in what I do every day. so it's it's been great. And you, uh, something that often comes up for um, universities and colleges is this piece on student engagement. How would you uh, define, or it's very hard to define student engagement um, and how it, what that means to students. Have you any insight into that? Yeah, I think for student engagement, it looks very different depending on what service you're offering. You know, um, we have a department that is um, on-campus engagement or as we call it, student advocacy as well. So for for me, student engagement is creating opportunities for develop personally and professionally. So at the Career Center, we're more on the professional side than we are than student engaging them, them, themselves who offer a lot more fun activities and are, it's more on the personal side to break up the, the long, tedious study hours. I think ultimately, the U.S. do a really good job of making a cohesive structure within to bring the students in for an all-round experience. So departments are very interconnected. 
and everyone kind of pushes the events and you know initiatives out there to ensure that students aren't just taking their classes commuting home and um you know remaining dormant almost from the university life it's very much active it's very much involved and you know that takes place by making connections through the places where they'll find themselves every day so students you know link in with academic advisors academic advisors recommend to the career center um and then you know if you look at the faculty faculty um reach out to us to bring us in and you know on campus as well there are activities that are you know linked into their there's mentions at the beginning of class what is going on on campus this week and so there's just always seeds planted in in terms of where the students find themselves to kind of ensure that they're up to date and given the option to engage wherever possible or wherever they feel it meets their needs so that's really interesting. It seems that it's just embedded into everything that thing that's done in a very holistic approach, if yes. I'm understanding you correctly, Colin. In the context of careers coaching, what do you find the young graduates or potential graduates, what kind of careers are they looking towards now as they come towards the end of their studies or maybe early on in their studies? I, I think from working with more senior career coaches, noticing a change there is that students are more open uh, now than they ever were before. So I think the time where students were very sure about what they wanted to do, not only post-graduation for their first job, but for their entire career is different to how it was a few years ago. So I think what I'm seeing trending wise, when I think about business students, I'm thinking students are now gearing more towards the analytics side of things. There's been more information technology embedded into the curriculum. And there's, of course, in what we do every day now, there are more job opportunities where companies are using these, this expertise to leverage traction onto their websites, improve experience, etc. So I would say that a trend is certainly that students are veering more towards the digital marketing side, um, analytics, e-commerce, social media marketing, you know, areas that were non-existent a couple of years ago, um, or at least less, less or so. That's definitely a trend I'm seeing uh, more students coming to me every day wanting to kind of specialize in that area because of the role it plays in our daily lives. Um, and I would say here in Monroe, we're a big information technology and health studies area. So we have a lot of kind of medical centers around. We have two massive uh, hubs in IBM and uh, Lumen or formerly known as CenturyLink located here. So our, our computer information system programs and computer science programs are strong. I would also say that I think students are just looking to get their feet wet and ultimately change as they go. And one thing that I would say I've noticed too that is potentially not, I think is a distraction almost to a degree, especially in certain degree paths, is students are very anxious to do a master's now. And that's because the competitiveness of the field as it stands is really deep but you know i see business students now wanting to do an mba and not necessarily sure why or not gone through a an extensive period of job searching but just knowing that what they'll enter the field with is um you know pretty pretty heightened credentials but at the same time i think from an employer's perspective they believe that experience is um 
first and foremost. But I understand the both sides of it because the students don't think they can get the experience unless they have those entry level credentials or at least better than the next candidate. So it's a tricky one. I think, you know, for students, I'm I'm just always encouraging that, you know, shadowing or observation experience can be could be obtained young in your college career and it will essentially set you apart when you go for that internship junior or third and fourth year and if you have an internship that's your key um, attractor in whether you'll get full-time work so I think you can be accumulating experience once you're using initiative from pretty early on in the college experience you just may not get paid to do so Um, so I think those are some trends in terms of uh, selection with their degree specialty and uh, also what preferences they're having towards roles to, in nowadays based on, you know, the huge upkick in, in social media and how much time we spend on it. People want to become social media marketers. They see influencers. They see, you know, how um, analytics play a role in, in website development and and, and uh, company uh, brand and engagement and so, so on. So. That's really interesting. Um, there was a number of points there that you said, Colin. That are really interesting. Uh, really interesting that the you know that young adults are attracted to the, the fields of study that they're very familiar with in their day to day lives. But I really was interested in hearing what you had to say that there's opportunities to add to your your own brand as you progress through your studies that will give you uh, an advantage over another candidate, such as you know, as you say, unpaid work experience. That when you go into that job interview, that you have a uh, something additional that maybe another candidate is at. Do a lot of students take up those opportunities or have you found that with with the commitment for study that that isn't as embraced as much? Yeah, I, I think ultimately some programs do very well in initiating that, I guess, process, if you want to say. There are programs here on ULM on campus where the instructors or, or professors are, are encouraging students to do that young and some even, you know, help them in that process. But I think as it's going to become more prevalent, I believe, in terms of where students will start to look at the freshman and sophomore years as ones in which they should obtain work experience because to my observation, students usually wait to junior and senior years, third and fourth, to start looking at internships. And internships when all they have on their resume at the moment is either some customer service experience, so maybe on-campus involvement where they've organized some events with a society or on-campus initiative. So all that stuff is very applicable in ways for developing soft skills and it's good talking points. But I have noticed that students who get their feet wet, kind of observe someone during the summer for two to three months, whether it's say they're looking to go into some field in the medical setting, just being able to say that they were, you know, shadowing in a pediatric clinic or observing a teacher for a semester, you know, during summer class, that experience is just giving them talking points that can allow them to take a conversation, potentially an interview further and um, kind of can showcase more of the the willingness to learn more. Um, it shows initiative. So I think at the moment it hasn't quite clicked for us here. I think part of that solving that problem would be us building a stronger relationship with faculty as a whole and um, essentially boosting my engagement. If I meet any students that are freshmen 
sophomore and are very certain on their plans of what they want to achieve by the senior year, I am most certainly telling them that to set themselves apart, um, we should come up with a strategy for companies or personnel that you should reach out to. So LinkedIn is very powerful for that. Um, that's why I, I push LinkedIn a lot is because the connections that you can build within your industry and um, relationships, keeping your name relevant, developing a brand. There's really no too early point to start doing that. Of course, um, people get there at, at various different stages, but you know, it's, it's a great way to expand your, uh, your potential network and, and who might recruit you coming out of university. So you, know, you can really initiate that in the beginning, and I, I definitely encourage them to do so. Yeah, I think platforms like LinkedIn are a great way to, as you say, promote your brand, promote yourself. Um, I've definitely had, have, you know, got great opportunities from some very, you know, simple posts I've put on LinkedIn about things that I have done. So sport has played a really big part in your life, Colin. It's, um, you, you're from Grange originally, and you've been involved in sports since you were very young. Just tell the listeners a little bit about that part of your life. Yeah, I suppose it, it's strange for me to to talk about uh, my sport life and 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 work simultaneously. It's not something that I get asked about a ton. It's I feel like I'm either at the track or in the office here, you know. Um, like I'm I'm a coach, you know, career coach in 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 the four walls of the university and just outside it over at the track, um, which is also part of the university. You know, I'm the coach slash athlete. So, um, yeah, I suppose it started back before I was 10 in Grange, you know, just running around the cinder track there for North Sligo cross country runner and all of that. And, uh, met a very influential character. I would say in my early teenage years in Dermot McDermott, well-known Sligo man. And, um, you know, after meeting him, he just instilled some really important characteristics, I think within me, whether they were there or not, uh, beforehand, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, you know, during my teenage years, nothing drove me more than in track and field or doing athletics and went from being pretty much a a low you know ranking national type athlete to coming to the end of my secondary school career winning a national title and uh kind of bridged into dcu there where as i said done my undergrad in education and training had a great coach down in dublin and consistently improved there as well and that led me to the opportunity here you know in in the university of louisiana monroe nobody does sport at a collegiate level bigger and better than than the us and i've uh, found myself fortunate to be here because of the resources and the the weather and the the level of competition you're exposed to i think just sport you know did lay the foundation for anything i do professionally as well um any curiosity or in in cause and effect and uh interpersonal communication it all stemmed from you know sports performance to be honest and and how i wanted to kind of grow myself personally and how that could affect others and so it's been a, it's it's fostered a lot of positive things within me and you know as i continue to train now i just have aspirations to be one of the best long jumpers that have ever been in this country and you know it's i'm ranked within the top 10 of all time at the moment, uh, I'd like in the coming years to sit on the top three of that pile, uh, which I think I will do. So I'm just excited to, you know, the opportunities that sport offers me. I've traveled around Europe, traveled around the U.S., 
you know, competing against high level competition and just getting to test myself all the time. And it's something that I'm forever grateful for. And anybody that's been a part of the journey is, you know, I just attribute everything to them, my parents included, because they've, you know, really allowed me to do and make decisions for myself through sport for the longest time. And it's it's not really failed me thus far. So um yeah, just it's it's been it's been amazing. And I, I'm looking forward to more of what it brings this year. So yeah, and it, it does require a, a certain level of dedication and discipline, I have no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's, I would say discipline is is definitely something that I think comes naturally to a lot of people when they want to reach a high level in it. Um, but it's very important to have it. And I think it's it's leaked into my personal and professional life, which is great, you know, I see the same path to accomplishing something and work as I do, you know, on the track and the same kind of principles need to be applied to it. And, um, yeah, just, just managing time and, and energy and that kind of sparked me to take some risks as well along the way and, uh, you know, get some more opportunities on, on the board for myself. And that meant starting my own podcast back in last November as well, which was again, something that just again, per curiosity leading the way and, and and believing that I had some sort of knowledge and insight to facilitate a conversation with world-class coaches and that's been amazing too to build connections for the future as I've previously discussed so yeah and I've um, listened to your podcasts and I really enjoyed them I'm not an athlete but you know the insights are great so have you had an opportunity to you know speak to people that you would have admired from during your podcasting work yeah, it's 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 kind of surreal, honestly, because th these are people that I've known for years just as an athlete. You know, let's take podcast host and potential coach out of out the out of the equation altogether. You know, I'm just an athlete here training and I know that these coaches are are working with the best in what I do. So, you know, if that's sprinting or long jumping or triple jumping, I'm sitting back knowing that this person is coaching the top competitors in this event in the world and then you know fast forward a few years later i'm sitting down and having a 90 minute two, two hour conversation with them um and it just feels as though you have built some sort of relationship with them they stay in touch and just i guess get to know you on the the level that you you would like to be known on that you feel like you have something to contribute you know and um very appreciative i've got some i think the most i guess fulfilling part of it has been also getting random messages from coaches that i know too in big universities or or even just local coaches you know i've had people from sligo and and dublin reach out to me and just go hey this podcast has made me rethink some of my ways of doing things and um i just want to let you know that what you're doing is very beneficial for the community and just even being able to hear that at times where you just don't really know what impact you're having, you're just trusting your gut that the topics you're speaking on are something that they'd like to hear from. And uh, just, you know, being able to get that feedback is something I never accounted for. You know, I just I just went with it and uh, felt like the idea at its core was sound and, and, and niche. And so, um, yeah, it's just unraveled in a, in a way that I did not account for. What's the best piece of advice you've been given on your journey, either athletic or academic? Anything that springs to mind? Yeah, I think I think this is something that I mean, it never was said to me, I guess. Um, 
in in a quote or a phrase or or anything like that. I think it's more of a lesson learned that maybe a few people have told me in some shape or form along the way. And I think the the main thing is that progress is not linear. And so I think that's important because you will undergo some trials and and setbacks and moments of low motivation or or maybe even just a stagnation in what you're doing and i've had many of those in in track and field you know uh particularly you know during the covid period last year i ruptured my calf and it's just like how do, how do you get through those moments where you know that the best version of yourself isn't necessarily coming anytime soon at least to the to the other person's eye but during those moments you are you are growing you're building some resiliency and if you change your kind of thought process to something actionable in that moment you are growing you are building some character and so i think the biggest thing is that you're looking at progress as not linear uh, or at least being aware of that and being okay with that uh, and accepting it to the point where you start to look at setbacks as an opportunity and i think that just gives you more moments for productive steps in the right direction i just don't know that there's anything more empowering than that and if we veer too much away from it we are just wasting time on what could be do spent on doing something that aligns with what we're trying to accomplish and so that's very hard to do when we're down in the dumps and we're in our emotions and and everything like that but that's why you got to put good people around you that you know challenge you and say not the right thing at the right time but what you need to hear um at that moment and and that can f guide you when you need it most because you certainly do and you know even myself who might say that in a rather carefree manner you know i've had i've had times where i've been challenged big time and uh, i've fortunately had the right guidance to to push me through so i think that's first and foremost if you adopt that mentality um truly work on it uh, I think it's it, it can come from the fact that if what you're going for is big enough in your mind, you know, and for me, where I've come from in, in sport and, uh, you know, I, I did a PLC after my leaving cert. So the the aspirations to become a doctor, you know, of sports psychology is is massive for me. And it's something that, you know, when I think back to my early years in education, it didn't look like the ceiling was going to be that high and same in athletics. It did not look like it was going to be that high. And we're kind of at a point now where we're very far away from where we started. And we're not that far from, not I would say the finish line is, but something that at one time looked almost impossible to achieve. So, you know, when I look at that, it's easy to keep going. It's easy to actually tell myself in those moments where I'm down and saying, you know, it's not going to happen soon. Or it's, when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen at all? I realize that, you know, we're inching closer. So I think that gives me a little bit of, uh of a reminder at the, the darkest of times that's such wise advice column because the road to success is always paved with challenges and you will go down many's path and you'll have to turn and go back up but you will get there in the end and i think that's really important to remind people that you know it's very rare that it always goes from a to b to c in a linear way and but you know surround yourself with the right people and um have people tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And that's really important advice. Colm, 
first of all, thank you so much. Apologies for getting you up so early this morning. Um, your insight and wisdom is um, just incredible. And we want to thank you here at the Institute for taking part and joining us this morning. We'll speak to you soon, Colm. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie, for having me on. Take care. Thought Leaders, a closer look for the curious.